Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. share with you right in the midst of God doing some powerful things, some great and mighty things. Uh, so I want us to go to, um, go to Matthew, um, and I'm going to go to Matthew chapter number nine, Matthew nine, verse 35. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that, uh, that, that we have to, we have to battle is di- di- diminished expectations, diminished expectations. Um, that's what a world is all about um, with people without God. People without God, in my opinion, is, 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 a, is, a, is, is a, a people of diminished expectations. You, there ain't so much you can, you can ex, expect whenever you just don't have God in it because you're going to run into something that's just too big and too heavy for you. And, and then we, a lot of times we run into a, a phrase that people say, especially if you really believe in something, you're excited about something, you're hoping for something, and they'll say, calm down now, don't get your hopes up. Anybody ever told you that? Don't you just hate that? I mean, just, just, just party poopers, you know, just don't, you know, just don't get your heart, you know, just, just, just kill it, man. Just, you know, don't get my, what do you mean don't get my hopes up? But I want you to get your hopes up. I think in the church today, if we can't do nothing else, if you don't go to a church that wants you to get your hopes up, man, then, then keep on looking, man, because we need to get our hopes up. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Amen? The evidence of things not seen. What I love about that, I know the Bible gets into the, the Mark 11 that says now, now faith, uh, but, but now faith isn't the God kind of faith. Want to know why? Because God, God doesn't have faith. This has nothing to do with this, but I'll get back on it in a second. God doesn't have faith because God don't hope for anything. <laughs> because everything that God says, it just becomes. He don't even have to say it. If he thinks it, it becomes. We don't even have to move God to the point of saying it. If we can move God to think it, it becomes it. Amen? So what can you hope for today to get into the mind of God? And if you can hope for it, man, God's going to do it. Because he's not a man that he should lie. So I just want to take care of the, the whole situation. If anybody says, don't get your hopes up, no, get your hopes up. Wouldn't it be something you go to work tomorrow, go to school tomorrow, start tell, telling family members, keep your hopes up, girl, keep your hopes up, guy, keep believing, you know, keep on doing what you're doing. And so that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at. I want to look at this with this story. I'm in Matthew chapter number nine, and I'm in verse number 35, Matthew nine and verse 35. The Bible says, and Jesus went about the cities and villages. So he went by he, he, all, a bunch of cities and a bunch of villages, teaching in their synagogues. Let's just make it apply to us. Teaching in their churches. So Jesus, you know, he's, he's going from city to city, you know, to village to village, to church to church, and he's teaching, okay? He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. I told you, I was another translation. This is the only thing I like. I just I didn't bring that translation up. And I can't remember which one it was because I was reading three or four different ones with this story. But, but, but it says, preaching the joy of the kingdom. The joy of the kingdom. And I shared with them a while ago, joy to me, the joy of the kingdom is, 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 is the flag that you fly when Jesus is in the house. 
And I, I, I was brought to remembrance. I remember back when we were living in Goldsboro, we had a, we had a little house we're in the cul-de-sac. And that was in the 90s when, when the flags came out. I'm not talking about the American flag. We put up on 4th of July Memorial Day. Remember the flags and everybody, and you won't even, I mean, you didn't even belong if you didn't have a flag attached to the porch, the post of your house. I mean, it could be a little bird, you know, or flower. I don't know what else, you know. And Kim had like one for every day, so you had to change the. I mean, every time I turn around, you know, you had to. And didn't you remember the, the mailbox? You had to have something over your mailbox that matched the one. This stuff costs money, so now just something else, you know. It's like changing until you have it. But anyway, but but the flag. But I mean, you never you never put a flag up with gloom and doom. It was always a bird or a flower, you know, like just, clouds. It was a happy, I was a happy, well, that's a happy home. Look at their flags, you know, whatever. But that's what joy is. When you're walking with joy, it's like flying that flag and saying, Jesus lives within my house. Your kingdom, your house. I ain't talking about your, your four-corner building you live in. I'm talking about you. And when you don't have joy, that means the devil has taken your flag down. Oh, I'm just going to preach on the flag now. Don't let the devil steal your flag. Don't let the devil choose what kind of flag you're going to fly. No, all yours are birds and flowers and clouds and everything happy. Don't let the devil steal your flag. So anyway, that's what that means to me. So Jesus is going, he's like, he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He says, man, flag your flag. Here's joy. Here's joy. This is what's going to take place. And so, so, so that's what was happening. That's what, that's what the preaching of the gospel is. What, what is the gospel? Well, that's the, you know, that's the, that's the genre of, of music. <laughs> no, it's not. That's what uh, it, it is. But, but the gospel is good news. So he's there with, the, with joy. He's sharing good news to cities, villages, and churches. Amen? Just good news. Good news. And so anyway, that's, that's what he's doing. And he's also healing every sickness, every disease amongst the people. And when he saw the multitudes, so there was a bunch of people when he goes to these different cities and, and villages, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary. They were scattered. They had been harassed is another translation. So he goes in these cities and these villages and these churches. He's seeing people that's being harassed. He's seeing people that, that are weary, being scattered. And they're like sheep that don't have a shepherd. And then he said to him, I mean, that's bad. I mean, imagine seeing a sheep without the shepherd. That's, that's just one of the most horrible things you could see. And then he said this. He said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send out laborers into his harvest. Amen? I, I, I know, he said, the harvest. Uh, uh, another, another translation of it, or in another, another book, uh, gospel, he literally says, the harvest is ripe and it's ready to come in. Okay? The, the harvest is huge. It's ready and it's ripe. And he said, pray for the Lord to send out um, laborers to the harvest. Chapter 10, verse 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power. Everybody say power. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. Now let's go to verse 5. These 12 Jesus sent out. I'm going to stop right there. 
So he sent out. I want to, I want to start with the, with the whole sent out thing. I want, I want to, I want to, I want to land here with the sent out because I want to explain to you what kind of cities, villages, and churches that Jesus sent these guys out into. And it's not what you probably think. First of all, I want you to understand that, that, that racism was huge. Oppression was huge. I mean, even to the point that, first of all, the, the oppression was so strong that the, that, that the Romans was oppressing the entire, every city, every village, and every church that Jesus went to. They were under Roman oppression. And then whenever he went into the church to preach, I'll be honest with you, he didn't have what, what I just had. He didn't have Matthew and Riley and all them guys up here just, just singing and worshiping and praising our entire band. He didn't have that. He, what, what he had was some Jewish leaders that was, that was, that was religious, that was stuck, and was just oppression the people with law. And not just the law of the, of the Bible and, and, and just holding that up against them. He was, they were, most of them was man-made laws that they just made up that was oppression, oppressing the people. You had men oppressing the women. You had the adults oppressing the children. You had all over the place, you, you just had all these things going on. It just wasn't, that there, you know, there, 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 there wasn't a prophecy that's being sent out. I mean, that, that you know, the headlines of that day was not, uh, this, is, this is a great awakening taking place right now. The, the pastor wasn't full of vision. Uh, the youth group wasn't working all, all out the church and on fire for God and seeking his face. I mean, it, it just wasn't. It was just, it was just a tough time. And the streets that Jesus was walking in, the, the city streets and the villages, you got to understand that 70% of these cities, of the people in these cities and these villages that Jesus visited was either at or below poverty level. Over 70%. So now we're looking at a very difficult situation here. And Jesus is sending these, is sending these disciples out. These people that was on the streets, they didn't have any dignity and they didn't have any value. I mean, once you get to a point, it's bad enough to be broke and being poor. But if you're sick and you're going through things, I'll be honest with you. You get to the point that you completely lose all dignity for yourself. You have no value whatsoever for it. It's like the woman with the issue. She, she had no dignity. She had no value. She got to the point she didn't care who knew. She just went out to touch, if I might just touch the hem of his garment. The blind man, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. They don't care. They don't care. It's one thing that the people that need a healing, need a touch from God, hang no dignity and no value. But the people around him looked at them and they would say, oh, that's just them. Don't worry about them. They, they didn't even have any dignity, no value for them. Jesus is walking through this. He's just walking through all this thing here and he sees a very, very difficult time. Jesus saw what they were going through. He could feel what they were going through. He could smell what they were going through. And the Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion because the people was weary. They were scattered. They were harassed. They were like sheep without a shepherd. He was moved with compassion. 
There was so much compassion there that Jesus actually looked at a place, looked at a people that were not expecting any hope. And Jesus looking at the face of that difficulty, he's looking at everything that was going on. And it was through all of that that Jesus stopped and he said, you know what, guys? The harvest is ripe. I just told you, the, the churches are dead, the rulers are corrupt, the, 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 the preachers are in a, in a mess, the people have lost their dignity, they've lost their value, the people have lost their dignity and value over other people. I mean, the 70% poverty, Roman oppression, everything else, in the midst of a very difficult situation. What did Jesus see? What did Jesus hear? And what did Jesus feel? Because he says something totally different than what we would have said, I guarantee. He says, hey guys, guess what? Looks like a good place for a revival. Looks like a good place for God to move. Looks like to me that the harvest is ripe. The harvest is huge. I like this translation. The harvest is ready. Amen. I want to see the way Jesus is seeing. I want to hear the way Jesus is hearing. Let me back up. I want this church to see the way Jesus sees. I want this church to hear the way Jesus hears. I want us to feel what Jesus is feeling. Not just in the world today, but we're going to tell you some things about that. But when you go home, when you're dealing with your marriage, when you're dealing with your finances, you're dealing with your children, you're dealing with your job, you're just dealing with life. I want you to look through the difficulties of everything and I want you to see what Jesus is seeing. I want you to hear what Jesus is hearing and I want you to feel what Jesus is feeling. Now let's look at something here because today, today we wake up with, with war. You come on the TV, you go on the internet, you see the news, it's, it's war, it's Ukraine. Yesterday, I'm just, I just went a couple of days, just a couple of days in my inbox. And, and I, 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 read, I read a story just yesterday of, of how, 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 how Finland and Sweden is, is wanting to go into, if you don't keep up with this stuff, but just, I'll I tell you real fast, you said so you got these two guys, Finland, who are 800 miles of border against the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, bordering the Russians and we know how that is with the Ukrainians and 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 they're saying they want to join NATO or NATO has invited them to come in there of course you got you know and now Putin says don't don't do it you know being the bully that he is I mean that's not only war in Ukraine but now you, talk, you add a couple more countries in it. and then you got well, what we're gonna do with China you know what we're we gonna do with North Korea I mean that's what we woke up with today you, you, we also wake up to the point that we're realizing we're, we're praying, we're, we're praying, and in the service we'll pray for our, for our pastor down the street again. But you know, we're still dealing with people with 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 the effects of of a pandemic that we have. We also got to understand, you know, with the whole thing with the Supreme Court leak of the of the Roe versus versus Wade and everything going on with that, and how people are completely just losing their minds, you know, concerning you know all the, all the rights and everything that people think they're entitled to and what they have to have. We're facing that today. We're, we're seeing just in my inbox just this week that glad and LGBT, LGBTQ plus, um, they're going to keep adding, adding stuff to it. It wants more equality. 
balanced sexual identifications and uh, that, that they want to be taught in our schools and, and not just in our schools, but in our elementary schools. I was thinking we got a stage four yesterday of, element, of, of kindergartners up here on this stage. And, and if we let these jokers loose that are just worldly-minded people that they want to start teaching our kindergartens, our kindergartens, you know, and trying to confuse them of whether or not a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl. We're dealing with that today. We're dealing with that today. A Pennsylvania elementary school in my inbox this week asked to start an after-school satanic club for kids as young as five years old to attend. They did that because the school board approved the week before an after-school Bible study. And they said, well, if you have an after-school Bible study to God, how about one for our God, and, which is Satan, and do that? Thank God the board said no. Church attendance is going down. Preachers all over the place. A lot of churches are, are, are shutting their doors. A lot of a lot of people are they're blaming on COVID. They're blaming on it, holding, people just not coming back. It just happens. So we're, so we're dealing with that. Forty two percent. This was in last year. Forty two percent of full time pastors are considering quitting full time ministry. That's up. That's from, that's from, from the last year. That is up from twenty nine percent from the year earlier. The, the, these are the shepherds that are supposed to be leading, leading the flocks. Or at least on the staff of, of, the, of the shepherds that need to be leading the flock. That's 13% tick upward from this the year before. Or people saying, you know what? This is a difficult situation. This is tough. This is, uh, this, this is hard. So I'm just setting up. I just, I just set two stages. I, I set a stage of 2,000 years ago when Jesus was going through the villages, the cities, and the churches. I just said today, and that was difficult. I'm saying today, well, if Jesus would come down today, that this is what he would look like if he would go through the villages, the cities, and the churches. He sees people creating church. He's, the, the full-time ministries, they don't want to give up. We see wars and rumors of wars. We see pandemics. We see people just completely more concerned about their self than anything else. And, and, and we, so we wonder, well, what would, you know, what would Jesus do? What would you, he would do the same thing he did 2,000 years ago. He would look across and he would say, looks like to me that the field is ripe. Looks like to me it's huge. Looks to me like, I love this one. Looks like to me it's ready. A right field for heart. I was brought up in the farm. I put in, every, every summer meant, meant getting a tobacco field, getting a bean field, getting a something else. So whenever a harvest is ripe, to me that meant ready. So, so a country boy for me from Wayne County in North Carolina, whenever I see ripe, what I see is ready. And so what Jesus is saying here when he sees immense, a difficult situation, if we can have the Spirit of God to come on us so that we can see how Jesus is, not how the world is seeing, if we can see the way Jesus is seeing and feel what Jesus is feeling, we're going to say, wow, this isn't a time to give up. This isn't time to give in. This is a time to go after with everything that we have. We have to have faith. We have to understand that Jesus has been here before. I mean, I just, I, I just, I just, you know, and, and instead of telling you, you know, don't, don't have hope, I'm here to tell you, don't lose hope. Amen. Well, know why? Because Jesus has been here before. Oh, it's difficult time. I didn't bring up gas prices. I didn't give up, you know, the gas is up, stock market down, employment rate, all this kind of stuff, man. It's difficult time. But here's why I want to encourage our church. Here's why I'm saying keep your hopes up. It's because Jesus has been here before. 
He's not afraid of difficult times. And whenever he sees difficult times, he looks at it and he says, he, he, he literally turns around. And, he, and the second thing he does, because the eyes of Jesus can see through difficulties, the eyes of Jesus knows that there is faith bigger than any difficulties. And the eyes of Jesus can see hope. He sees through difficulties. He sees faith and he sees hope. And so now here is Jesus and, and, and he, he's, he's standing there and, and whenever he stands there, he sees the difficulty. The difficulty is a manifestation of the desire of the people that they really, really need a Messiah. That's what he's saying. He's looking at people and he, most churches today don't even believe in the manifestations of God. Oh, I don't want to start getting involved with all these manifestations. People start getting crazy and charismaniacs and all this kind of stuff. I don't want to be a part of that. Well, let me tell you something. What we're seeing out there in the world today, everything I need to describe to you is a manifestation. It's a manifestation of a people who need a Messiah and they're looking for him. It's not just people under, if they're under this, because Jesus, I'm going to give them power to go out and cast out devils and lay hands on the sick. And basically, let me just put it paraphrasing. He said, I'm going to send you out to set them free. And what Jesus sees through his, we see a bunch of nuts and say, and we want to go to the mountaintop and say, Maranatha. That means come down, Lord Jesus. And Jesus sees a situation through his eyes and he says, they're ready. They're ready. They're ready. And here's what I like. Hey, so Jesus is standing here. And to, to me, it's like the walls thing the other day. He's standing there, and on this side, he sees a difficult situation. And then he turns to his disciples. You know, they're about there like halfway paying attention because, you know, it's just, you know, what we do most of the time. And we just sit there, and he turns around, he says, hey, guys, guess what? You, you see this? And they're thinking, yeah, I see a bunch of nuts. I see a bunch of mess. Can we not leave? Can we go to another town? He says, go get them. He sent them out. He sent them out. And know what it says? And know what chapter number 10 verse 5 said? And he sent them out. Now let me stop here and tell you, teach you a little something else about the Bible. This is the first time this has happened. Because usually all through the Bible, they only sent out prophet, priests, and kings. If you're a prophet, go get them. Go tell them. If you're a priest, go speak to them. He turns to a bunch of jacklers. He turns to a bunch of fishermen. He turns to a bunch of tax collectors. He turns to a bunch of people just happen to show up and hear Jesus preach one day. And he turned around. He says, guess what, guys? You see, they've lost their value. They lost their dignity. There's all consumed. There's religion in the church. The, the worship is dead. The children are just completely lost. And the world's after them. The preacher don't want to preach. All this stuff is happening. You know what I want you to do? I want you to go and bring them in. That's what he said. I mean, that's what he said. I mean, we don't want to read it that way, but that's, that's how it is. That's exactly what happened. And so that's exactly what they did. And, they, and, they, and they're looking at this. And, and we always know the whole problem here because you know what? When Jesus says, I want you to, to go out and do it, that, that when Jesus looks at us, the problem is, is we begin to tell Jesus all the reasons why we can't go. <sighs> We begin to tell him all the reasons why we can't do it. We begin to tell him all the reasons why you got to send somebody else. Let me tell the church of May of 2022. Are you ready for this? 
Are you ready for this prophetic word? Are you ready for it? There is nobody else. Okay. Let me try it this way. Yay, yay. <laughs> That's what prophets say. Yay, yay, saith the Lord. I'm going to say it. Yay, yay, saith the Lord. There is nobody else. There's not coming a great song that somebody's going to sing. And all we got to do is open the door and smile and say, come in. There's not a group of people coming that's going to have the right life and the right calling, the right bringing. I mean, I mean, give me a break. Is the government going to do it? Are the millennials going to do it? Is Generational X going to do it? I don't know what I am. Old. <laughs> I'm preaching over here. I, I'm messing my faith up over there. Now you're saying no. Yes. Gen X has to do it. The millennials have to do it. We have to, whoever, whenever, we have to do it. The time is that when Jesus says in the midst of difficulty, I just told you what was in my inbox this week. Guys, we're living in difficult times. Right? But we serve a Jesus. We have in us a Holy Spirit that knows what to do in the middle of difficult times. No, let's just lock the doors and sing kumbaya, my Lord, until he shows up and gets it. No. He says, go get them. Go get them. And we're saying, we don't want to go get them. We can't. You, you got to understand something that, that we're upset with a group of people that don't understand what it's like to be free. Come on, Christian. You remember what it felt like to be bound? And your trespasses and sins? But Jesus set you free? They don't know what it feels like. These people, I just told you, these people who's lost their value and lost their dignity, they have forgotten. They they haven't forgotten. They don't know. They can't act like Jesus because they've never met the man. (laughs) They haven't met him. But I'm just preaching to a church full of people who has met him. How many Christians do I have in the house? Raise your hand. Huh? You know why you're born again, child? Because you have met the master. You were introduced to him by the Holy Spirit of God. And, and, he, and he left a deposit in you, which is called the Holy Spirit of God. And now you can leave here saying, you know what? Let me tell you about Jesus because I met the guy. You can't tell me CNN. You can't tell me internet. You can't tell me dude on the street about Jesus because you haven't met him. But I'm here to tell you, I might not be a prophet. I might not be a priest. I might not be a king. But I'm here to tell you, I have met the man. And I'm here to tell you that the man can set you free. (laughs) That's, That's the prerequisite we've got. Have you met him? Yeah. Then go tell him. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit for a minute. 
because the Holy Spirit, because he said, remember I told you, what was the one word I told you I said a while ago? How many remember when I said, say this word? What was it? Say it loud if you remember. Power. <laughs> oh, man. Power. Everybody say power. power. <laughs> Thank you. If I cut it off, y'all be, where's the power? <laughs> and if I ask you what you got, power. <laughs> I can preach that right now too. Should I? Can I just tear right into that? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was void and without form. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. But the Spirit of God, let me paraphrase, let me tell you what it really says. But the Holy Spirit was hovering upon the face of the waters. There he is. Who? Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that is in you right now. You don't have to turn to the book of Acts to find him. You don't have to turn to the gospels to find him. You can find him in the first two chapters of the Bible in the beginning. Then God said, the Holy Spirit hasn't been involved with power from the very beginning. When Moses needed power to get out from beneath the bondage of Pharaoh and Egyptian bondage, the flies, gnats, and frogs came from the Holy Spirit. Power. Whenever he needed a cloud by day and a fire by night, the Holy Spirit sent it through power. Whenever Moses needed the Red Sea to depart, I'm just stick right here in the book of Exodus, he just, did the Red Sea parted. Why? Through who? The Holy Spirit. Because out of the Godhead body, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one that resides with power. And Jesus says in John 14 that it's expedient that I leave, for if I don't leave, he won't come. But if he comes, he would not only be with you, but he would be where? In you. And he's the one with power. And so now the Holy Spirit is in us, and a Christian is not someone who comes to church. A Christian is someone who just carries their Bible. A Christian is someone who sings Christian songs. A Christian is someone in whom the Holy Spirit lives inside of. He lives inside of you. He's the one that convicted you. And after he convicted you, he decided to stay with you. He's the one that indwelled in you. He's the same one that regenerated your dead spirit. He's the one that is sanctifying you and keep on sanctifying you, separating you from that sinful life which you have. And he is the one who continues to endow you with power. Same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit was in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. Yet man has always been seeking power. I mean, even in chapter 3 of Genesis, Adam and Eve fell because they wanted power. The devil persuaded them, if you eat of that tree, then you will be like God. You'll have the power of God to know good from evil. They sin seeking power. When in Genesis 3. By Genesis 6, now man is populating the earth and they built a big old tower called the Tower of Babel because they wanted power. 
power and they thought they could get up to God and they could be like God. And I can go on and on. Man has always been seeking power. But what we really need to do is just open up ourselves and say, the one who has power from the very beginning is the Holy Spirit. God, fill me with your The one thing we need in the last days is from the Holy Spirit. And he's been here the whole time. And we expect people out there to act like a man they never met. And act like, a, and act like they have a freedom that they don't have. But you have it. And so Jesus sent them out, gave them power, and told them to go and share and go and speak and go tell them. And set them free. Revival looks like this. Jesus walked. First he goes in there and I told you about the conditions of the place in which he was at. And it's just like, and it, and it was, it was, it, it was, it was bad. And so now we see a time of difficulty. Yet Jesus knows how to handle difficulties. And then Jesus, in the midst of difficulties over here, and a bunch of people, he said, I'm going to send you out there to do it. The next thing we see here is that in verse 36, that we see here that Jesus, that Jesus then said, when he saw the multitudes, he moved with compassion on them. Nine out of ten, this is, this is, this is, it's sad to say it's an easy statistic to be able to come up with as far as school shootings. Nine out of every ten students who took a gun to school and these school students that we've seen in the last 20 years or so, nine out of ten of them did not have a father in the house. But when we're talking about marriage, it don't have to be between one man and one woman to care less what marriage is or how many is and what it looks like. They don't look, but yet they, they, they want that but they don't look at the statistics that says, you know what, it matters if the, the dysfunction starts at home. Yesterday, a guy goes in Buffalo, New York, walks into a supermarket and starts shooting 10 people dead. That's on the heels of two days before that after the basketball game between the Celtics and the Bucks, somebody starts shooting people coming out of a, outside around the arena of the Milwaukee Bucks Stadium. That's the last two days. I cut on the TV last night. Very busy day. You got two graduations. You're getting ready for church. Got a lot of things going on. So last night about 10 o'clock, I sit down. I, 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 my phone's gone off. I've seen, hear about this shooting, hear about this going on, everything else. Most of all, you have to compartmentalize it and go. And you say a prayer and you go with it. Last night I sit down and I cut on. I did what I generally don't do, especially on a Saturday night. That's cut on any kind of news. Because depends on what statement you find out pretty quick. Well, well, this one's Democrat, this one's Republican, this is conservative, this is liberal. But anyway, the liberal stations was blaming on Trump and 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 conservatives or whatever, and then the conservative stations was blaming on on Biden and all this kind of stuff. What I did not hear was what I just read right here in verse thirty six is compassion. After blaming the Republicans, Republicans blaming the Democrats, and, and liberals blaming the conservatives, conservatives blaming the liberals, and nobody mentioned there's a devil loose. No matter, nobody mentioned the fact that the hearts of men have grown cold without God. 
And they will say it just because they want to feel like that maybe they can tug on the strings. Of the string. I'm, 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 is this all right? Or you don't want me to do something different? Just throw out there, you know, our, compa- you know, our hearts go out. But I'm telling you right now, this is, it's, their, it's, it's, it's their problem. We got to get them. Jesus walked through a difficult situation that he didn't cause. He saw sin that he didn't cause. He sees sickness that he didn't cause. He saw a dysfunctional church that he didn't cause. But you know what he did? He took responsibility. Went away, took responsibility because he took compassion. You know what a new revival in 2020 is going to look in the 2020 is going to look like it's not going to look like revivals in the 50s it's not going to look at revivals in the 90s it's not going to look at any revival we've ever seen before because this revival is a revival of even though we didn't cause it we're going to take responsibility see we're thinning out now no 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 we want to line up we want to shake we want we want multitudes all this kind of stuff to happen we won't see any of that until we realize we got to be like, we got to act like the man that we know. We got to act like we met him. And not just on church at 12 o'clock on a, on a Sunday. We hope you enjoyed this message from our weekend experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate through our website, highestpraisechurch.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram highest.praisechurch and like us on Facebook at Highest Praise Church. We can't wait to see you soon.